Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Come with me now, uh, uh, Numbers chapter 10, Numbers 10, verse 33 to 36. Numbers 10, 33 to 36. It says, So they departed from the mountain of the Lord on a journey of three days, and the ark of the Lord went before them for the three days' journey to search out a resting place for them. This is when you'd understand that. So they departed from the mountain of the Lord on a journey of three days, and the ark of the Lord went before them for three days' journey to search out a resting place for them. The Holy Spirit always leads you to rest. He may lead you through warfare, but, but the goal is always rest. He, 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 he is the spirit of peace. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. The only thing that, that, that precedes peace is love and joy. When, 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 you see, when you see a person, there's no love, there's no joy, you, you'll find there's no peace. Satan is so, so wicked. The people torching cars and smashing windows and robbing and looting and graffitiing and assassinating police. They're, they're, they're people that don't, they're not filled with the Spirit of God. There's no love, there's no joy, there's no peace, there's no patience, there's no kindness. There's no goodness, there's no gentleness, there's no faithfulness, there's no self-control. It's a spirit of this age. In this life, you, you, in this life till Jesus splits, splits the sky, you and I will always be at war with the spirit of this age. The spirit of this age. That, that, that's why Pastor Leanne is so correct there's something very, very broken and something very, very wrong when the church is amening the hashtags of the world. The Bible says that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Enmity with God. So the Holy Spirit, the, the ark is going out. This is, be, you know, this is before you know, what we would say the Holy Spirit was given before the dispensation. But already there, the Holy Spirit's leading them to a place of rest. And it says, And the cloud of the Lord was above them by day when they went out from the camp. So it was whenever the ark set out that Moses said, and this is, this is where I want to land. This is, if, if, I, if you said to me, hey, what's, what's your blueprint? You know, uh, you know we had uh, beautiful James Garcia up here praying for leaders. You know, Pastor Mike Yeager got up and says, hey, man, what we need is leaders. And Pastor Mike, that discourse was... Phenomenal. I hope you're putting that into a message to preach. That is an amazing message to preach. Uh, leaders, if, if you said, what's the blueprint for a leader? Right here. So it was whenever the ark set out that Moses said, rise up, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered and let those who hate you flee before you. And when it rested, he said, return, O Lord, to the many thousands of Israel. When it rested, he said, return, O Lord, to the many thousands of Israel. Number one, there's, there's a, a double edge of prayer. There's a double edge of prayer. The, the, the first side of prayer is warfare. Rise up, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered and let those who hate you flee before you. 
prayer, prayer must have, have, a, have a warfare component. It must have a territory taking. We're not in a building huddled together, hoping the Antichrist doesn't see us. Quick, quick, block out the windows. Quick, put an LGBTQ flag up outside. Maybe they'll leave us alone. We, we, we are not hiding from an enemy. We are taking, till Jesus splits the sky, we're going to be taking territory. We're going to be believing for more land, for more buildings, for more souls, for more volunteers, for more baptisms, baptism night tonight, for more leaders, for more miracles, for more healings, for more deliverances, for more babies. We're going to be believing for more marriages. Come on, somebody. We're going to keep believing for great things. Spiritual warfare is taking ground. So the Bible says they would, they would take the ark, and as they would take the ark out, the, the, the prayer of Moses as they took the presence of God out was, Rise up, O Lord. Rise up, arise, O God, and let your enemies be scattered. You know what's interesting is that the Israelites, when they were in their encampment, were never, ever attacked in their camps. But every time they went out, they took territory. Every time they went out. Can I just tell you, God's will and God's purpose for your life is for you to take territory. I cannot, I cannot for the life of me find one scripture that amens the fools that keep telling me that we preach a gospel of prosperity, that it's a prosperity gospel and it's not congruent with the scripture. I cannot find one scripture to even give them any credence or leverage or possibility. When you get saved, you will find the Spirit of God is immediately on you. And the Spirit of God, He's like a two-edged sword. And the first one is for you to take territory. You may have come from brokenness, but you're going to take territory in healing, in restoration, in reconciliation. You may have come from poverty and debt cycles, but you're going to find God is going to take you out of debt, into blessing, into abundance. You may have been dependent upon others, but you're going to be so overflowing that you are now able to bless other people. The, the Bible says that God took us, Galatians 3.13, that God redeemed us from the curse through Jesus. Jesus became a curse, as it is written, cursed is any man that hangeth on a tree, that Jesus became a curse, that we would be redeemed from the curse, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. What is the blessing of Abraham? Romans 12, God says, I'm going to bless you and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. In other words, the blessing, the blessing is never just for you. The blessing of God is never meant to end with you. All right. Now, how many people love their pastor? I want you to be honest. Okay, a few hands. Well, only a few hands. That, that wounded me a little bit, Pastor Stacy. Your hand went up. No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying the hands that didn't go up, Stacey, I want you to talk to them. Just do something. Slash a tire. Knock out a headlight. I mean, they didn't even, they just. All right, so I need you to just give me a little, little bit of permission to be, be a little bit naughty. One of the things that I've seen that does the most damage to to church pastors to, to leaders that, that I've seen, and I touched on it on Sunday, but it, it came as I was talking to, to uh, Pastor Dr. Matt, is what I call the vocally blind. The vocally blind. These are people who can't see, but they don't stop from speaking. 
They can't see kingdom. They can't see kingdom purpose. They can't see kingdom assignment. They can't see kingdom mission. Oh, but they can pipe off. We see, see it with Judas. Why this waste? Why, the, why, why, why? This was, could have been sold for a year's wages and given to the poor. This he said, not because he cared for the poor, because he was a thief and he used to take from the money box. It's amazing how many people I was, you know, sitting on a plane with one of our, one of our people go to, to North Campus, boss, business, marketplace king. And he's like, pastor, you know, man, we've been in, in warfare over, over our dream home. We were inspired when we saw what God did for Dr. Matt. And so we're trying to close on this home in Rancho Santa Fe. And we've had hit every single obstacle. And, and I'm trying to lead my wife. And she's like, oh, you know, somebody just said to me, man, do you need a 10,000 square foot home? And she said, you know what, honey, we, may, maybe, maybe we should just back out because we don't need a 10,000 square foot home. And so I, had, I, felt, I felt the Holy Spirit come upon me. And he says, you need to deliver him. You need to rescue him from that spirit. Because if I was honest with you, does World Vision really need all those ships? Are you kidding? They've got a whole fleet of giant ships. Do they really need all of those ships? Jesus said to the disciples, listen, I want you to go across the street into town. You're going to find a man jug, uh, carrying a pitcher, pitcher of water. Follow him. He's going to lead you to a place where there's a barn. Just outside the barn, you're going to find a young colt tied up there that no one's ever ridden on. I want you to untie the colt and bring it to me. If anyone stops you, if, if anyone, so he's prophesying, you will see a man carrying a pitcher of water. But if anyone stops you, say to him, the master has need of it. So the Bible says they went, and they, oh my God, there's a guy with, that must be him. So they follow the guy with, You guys all right? Uh, yeah, just keep walking. And so, and then they, they, and so they, and then the Bible says, people said, people said, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh my gosh. Somebody said, what are you doing? And he says, the master has need of it. See, all they saw was, man, why are you untying this, this cult? What do you, but when they said kingdom purpose, this is the one that Jesus is about to ride into Jerusalem on. Do they need do they need a 10,000 square foot home? No, they don't. Only if you don't see kingdom purpose. If you are blind and vocal, you don't see that. I don't understand why, why, why does Awaken need 16 campuses? We don't need 16 campuses. The city needs us to have 16 campuses. The city needs us. Jesus said, go into all the world. He didn't say have one location, a mega campus with flashing neon lights and beg them to come. He said, you go into all the world. We need locations. Does, does, does Awaken Church really need 238 acres down there in Camfo? No, no, we don't need it. But you know what? Men need a place where they can go. The only time, the only time, the only time people are in a place where, where, where they, they, they disqualify themselves from taking territory is when you let the loudest voice at the table be the vocally blind. I refuse to be that pastor that says you shouldn't drive this kind of car. I remember years ago, somebody said, oh, and not only that, but at that church, the pastor drives a BMW. And it wasn't, it was a Volkswagen. 
I drove a, a Volkswagen Passat, but I remember, I remember being so excited because Jesse had a Volkswagen Passat, I had a Volkswagen Passat, and I remember walking out and going, little Volksy, and my little car's like, yeah, and it's a faithful little car. Beautiful, Raquel drives it now. See, it's a wonderful car. But I remember walking out and, and I put my little hand on, on, you know, because that car just sits out there faithfully, carries me to and from church faithfully. And I said, listen, listen, I said, I, I just want to be honest with you. They're saying stuff about you. They're saying stuff about you. And my little Volkswagen, oh, what are they saying? I said, you know what they called you? What are they calling me? I said, they called you a BMW. And I'm telling you, when I got steady on me, what the heck? Whoa! I got a speeding ticket, but I, I blame it on. <laughs> Somebody posted the other day saying, and just the clothes they're wearing, just the clothes they're wearing could have fed the poor. But can you imagine if we all turned up buck naked? <laughs> oh, and that's the naked. Yeah, because last week you said we need to sell our clothes and feed the poor. We did that. And you're still not. How many people know that complaining people are never satisfied? So you know what? Do not bow. Do not ever bow. Do not ever acquiesce. Don't bow your knee. Don't curse you. Don't genuflect to the people who are vocally blind. They can speak, but they can't see kingdom purpose. They can't see kingdom purpose. That home of 10,000, when I spoke with, with, with that man, he's saying, um, my wife's involved with this and with the school and having people over. And they're over connect groups and having their connect groups and multiplying connect groups and having leadership re meetings and leadership in their home. That they want to use their home for the don't ever, don't ever come under that spirit. It is a wicked spirit. God does not care about you having stuff. God cares about stuff having you. God does not care about you having things. He cares about things having you. And the, the devil is wicked. He says it's wrong to have things. No, it's not. It's wrong for things to have you. And how do you break that cycle? You recognize that everything that God brings to you, everything that God gives you is for His glory. If you attach mission, if you attach kingdom purpose, am I telling the truth? Come on. So... All right, I've got to, oh dear Jesus. All right, so, so that's the first side, warfare. Your, your life should be taking ground. Arise, O oh Lord, let your enemies be scattered. We, 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 we push into territory, we take territory. But then I love the second side. The second side is pastoral. The first one is warfare. The second side is return, O oh Lord, to the many thousands of Israel who have gone out to battle, who have taken territory, they come back weary and Moses would set the ark down and he would pray. What a great pastor. He would pray, return, O Lord, to the thousands in Israel. Return and touch homes, touch hearts, touch marriages, touch families. Tonight, as they sit and they break bread around, let the conversation be sweet. Let the, let the connection be even greater. Let the fathering be like it's never been. Let the mamas be like they've never been with their children. Let the unity, let the peace, let the friendship, let the fellowship. Let every tent, let every house be filled with laughter. Let there be joy. Let return, O Lord, pastorum. We, we take ground and we pray to take ground. 
But I'm telling you, there's a, there's a prayer that is pastoral. There's a prayer that wants to bring breakthrough, that wants to bring peace to the home. I thank God for Lance and Alicia Williams. Lance and Alicia Williams, what a gift from God. What, 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 a, what a treasure house they are. And they're on that, that front line. And, and you'll know when, when people come home and there's no peace in their home, something's broken. When there's no peace in their home, something's broken. So that's point number one. Point number two. Point number two is we, the, the need to renew our minds. Go to um, the people complain 11.4. Sorry, numbers 11.4. The people complain, it says. Now the, now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense cravings. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Spirit-led leaderships understands the people's brains are wired against them. And what do I mean by that? Listen to what they said. They said, we remember what? We remember Egypt. We remember the leeks, the onions, the fish, the meat, the garlic. And we crave that. Huh. People, when they get delivered, Pastor Charles, when they get saved, when they get set free, when they have an encounter at Emerge and they, 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 they've written stuff on their burden, they throw their burden in the fire and they repent of sin. And man, I was a slave. I was addicted to alcohol. I was addicted to gambling. I was addicted to drugs. I was addicted to pornography. I was, I was addicted. I was broken, broken. I was bound. I was, but now I'm free from that addiction. But the brain, the wiring of the brain doesn't remember. Notice they don't say Egypt the whips, Egypt, the cruelty, Egypt, the bondage, Egypt, the slavery, Egypt, the taskmasters, Egypt, the oppression, Egypt, the restriction. They don't remember. All the brain remembers is the pleasure. It remembers the pleasure. It remembers the high of the sin. It remembers the high of the drug, of the win, of the gambling, of the porn, of the, it remembers. And so there's this, so that's why Paul says, brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And then he says, and don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but rather be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Spirit-led leadership understands that the number one thing that we have to teach people is your mind can take you back to old things it can take you back to bondage because it'll deceive you it'll forget the bondage it'll just remember the pleasure but the pleasure of the what the leaks and the, the answer is not going back to Egypt it's not going back to dysfunction it's not going back to another drink it's not going back to another hit it's not going back to another website it's not going back to that casino it's not going back go forward but the forward is unsure the forward is uncertain the forward is unknown the bible says when they had to plant place the lamp in the the tabernacle the seven lamps of the of the menorah 
Aaron was given instruction, when you place it, make sure that you place it so that the light shines forward. The light shines. The church is meant to be prophetic. When a prophetic word is released, and that's why I love when, when Pastor Mike got up, when, when Pastor Matt got up, you know, when, when uh, Pastor Samuel, when all of our pastors got up, they began to prophesy into the meeting. They began to shine that light forward so that people don't go back. But, but the renewing of the mind is the most important thing. Your mind is the control room. It's the engine room of your life. Where your head goes, your life goes. We, 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 were, we were skiing in Park City and my beautiful bride was making the transition from snowboarding to skiing, from snowboarding to skiing. And, you know, there was some steep, steep areas on the mountain. And so, you know, if you lean back, you accelerate, but you, you kind of, you, if you're scared, you'll, but it's not good for you. And so, so the instruction was very, very simple. Just turn your head and your skis will follow. Wherever your head goes, your, your skis will go. So if you want to go that way, just turn that way and you'll find your skis go that way. If you're ever going too fast down the mountain, sweetheart, just turn your head, your shoulders, everything will follow and your skis will follow. And if you're going too fast, just turn abruptly and you, where your head goes, your life goes. Where your head goes, your life goes. So understand, so the first battle is we got all these people saved, they're going to get water baptized, but discipleship is teaching them to get rid of that stinking thinking, to teaching them that, hey, not every thought is a good thought. That's why the Bible says that we bring every thought into captivity and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. And if, it, if it's disobedient to Jesus Christ, then we kick it the heck out of there. The only thoughts that are remaining in here are the ones that are obedient to Jesus Christ. Because, because thoughts lead to arguments, arguments lead to mindsets, and mindsets lead to strongholds. So the demolishing of a stronghold is the dismantling of a mindset, which begins as an argument. Well, you know, does the Bible really say anything about gambling casinos? Does the Bible? And, and so you, you're in an argument, but, it, but it's a thought. But if you get rid of the thought, you don't have the argument. You'll always know when you've got a disobedient thought to Jesus Christ because it keeps you awake at night. It torments you. It vexes you. Kick those things out and you'll have peace. Somebody say amen. Number three, numero tres, por favor. Number three, complaining is a horrible substitute for prayer. Complaining is a horrible substitute for prayer. The, the, the Bible says, uh, the Bible says that the, the, the people then went on and started complaining before God, complaining about what they didn't have, complaining, complaining, complaining about not having meat. So God has to send them quail from heaven. It's interesting, God heard their complaint and responded, but He responded with a grudge. If they would have gone from complaining to asking in prayer, it's almost identical. It's just a different frequency. It's a difference between AM and FM. It's the same radio. It's the same car. It's just a different frequency. So, so God answered their complaint, but it came with judgment. God was trying to teach them, listen, for 400 years, You've been victims and complaining is the language of victims. Complaining got my kids out of doing the dishes. Complaining gets my kids out of emptying the dishwasher, out of making their pants, out of... Complaining will get you out of, but it can't get you into. The 40-year journey through the wilderness, the 40-year journey of the wilderness was really a journey of changing their language because language always reflects heart. 
they were saying, they were saying, we don't have any meat. Our, our appetites, our longings, our cravings fall on a God of deaf ears, a God who is indifferent to our needs. Huh, funny. Did you untangle your own buttocks from, from Egypt? Did you deliver your own self from Pharaoh? Man, last time I heard, God was the one who heard. God was the one who saw the oppression. God was the one who said, I have come down to deliver him. God was the one that anointed Moses. God was the one who raised up Moses. God got Moses to take on, on Pharaoh. God brought the 10 judgments. God smite them. God struck. God brought you out with a mighty hand and with the silver and the gold and all the stuff of the, of the Egyptians. God led you out. And when you got to the Red Sea, God parted the Red Sea, brought you across on dry land and then swallowed up the enemy behind you. He struck water so a, a river flowed out of a rock. This same guy, and yet you're here whining and complaining whining and complaining sees my needs bigger than the heart of God that somehow God does not see that God does not care that God does not provide my Bible says that God is Jehovah Jireh the Lord who sees and in seeing provides the first revelation of God to Abraham was I am El Shaddai I am the all-sufficient one I am the provider everything you need I can provide miraculously you're gonna have a son from your own body God is El Shaddai Shaddai, but they'd forgotten El Shaddai in the wilderness, and God had to reintroduce that He is El Shaddai. That He He so 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 listen for complaining. When you have people, that's a horrible language. Complaining is the language of victims and it's incongruent to kingdom. Complaining says that God isn't there, that God doesn't care, that God is indifferent. Whereas we pray prayers of faith. We thank you, Father God, that everything that we need, all the meat that we need, that you are going to provide, even though we're in a wilderness and we can't see. You've led us this far. You've led us through the Red Sea. You broke the powers of Egypt. You delivered us. We have silver and gold and all kinds of precious linens and jewels because of you. And what God began, He will complete. We know that we're, we, we want to pray prayers of faith. We want to pray prayers of faith. Last one, number four. Numero cuatro, por favor. And I didn't give this one to the guys. But it's, it's what I call a congruency of spirit. Go down to verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied, although they never did so again. But there were two men that remained in the camp. The name of one was Eldad, the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them. Now they were among those listed, but who had not gone out to the tabernacle, yet they prophesied in the camp. They prophesied in the camp. So there was 70 elders. So basically God said to, to Moses, what I'm going to do, you need leaders. Pastor Mike Yeager's right. You need more leaders to, to, because Israel's growing. It can't all just be one, one leader. So you need 70 leaders. So Moses says, go to the tabernacle and I'm going to take the spirit that is on you and I'm going to put it on them. Interesting. God didn't just say, hey, you, you just wait there and I'm going to put my spirit on them. He said, I'm going to take the spirit that I've put on you and I'm going to put it on them. It's very, very important. Because if he put another spirit on, there'd be division in the camp. There'd be conflict in the camp. So a lot of people that come into our house, Dr. Matt will tell you, and they were a pastor over here, and they were a leader over there, and they had a ministry over here. 
And they, they can't understand why we don't just clear the platform, why we don't just, because it's a different spirit. It's a different spirit. Now watch this. There was, they gathered the 70, but there was only 68. 68 in front of them. The, the spirit of Moses came on. They began to prophesy. The other two were in the camp. The other two were, were in the camp prophesying in the camp. They distinguished themselves in the camp because they had the same spirit as Moses. Man, who do we, who do we look for the same spirit? When I got down to, when, when Pastor Drew and Pastor Emma, who brought 80-something people to, I think their team came forth, or they, they really did well. When, when, when they were leaving with our blessing to go and start a church up in Seattle in Washington, there was a lot of debate. Who's, who's going to be the successor? Who's going to be the campus pastors? And so there was a whole bunch of names on a list. And as I sat there and... It's, it's worth repeating. As I sat there and heard the gentleman introduced to do the offering that day, it was Pastor Mike Yeager. And as I heard the offering, I heard my spirit. I heard my heart. I heard my faith. I heard my reflection. And then God said to me, that's the one. Because when I made man, I made him in my image and in my likeness. And then I told him to reproduce sons and daughters in his image and in his likeness, bearing my image and my likeness. He said, when you see what, you, what you're looking at, when you look at Mike Yeager, you see a much more handsome version of you in the mirror looking back. Katie uses the word much more studly image. A much more el guapo image. <laughs> looking back. And when I heard it was, remember when when. when God brought Eve to Adam. The first thing he said is, oh my gosh, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones. What I heard was spirit of my spirit, faith of my spirit, faith of my faith, heart of my heart, values of my values. Congruency of spirit. The weirdest people, the weirdest people are the people that have a different spirit that have a different spirit. It's just a little bit off. They're, 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 they're hyper on this and they're low on that. And they're, you know, it's, everything's warfare and the devil's always attacking. I'm like, wow, he's always attacking you? Shoot, man, I don't understand why he leaves me alone and he attacks you. Like your life's already a mess. You're sleeping in your car. You can't pay your bills. I was going to leave you alone and kind of, it's not a good use of resources. Send demons after people who, you know, but then I realize it's a different spirit, different spirit. So when you're raising up leaders, not everybody who's right in front of you, not everybody's in the internship program, but listen to those who are prophesying amongst the people. Listen to those who have the same spirit, the same values, the same heart amongst congruent. In, anyway, Heavenly Father, we just thank you today, Father, for spirit-led leadership. We thank you that you're raising up. We thank you that you're taking ground. We thank you, Father, that when we come home, we come home to peace. Father, I thank you for for our, our amazing youth and young adults ministry. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for Sterling and Marissa. And, and can I just commend you and honor you, Sterling? Sterling did grow up in, in another house. And because we don't export, we only import. And I was very protective of this young lady. But I knew, I, I'd met Sterling. I thought, wow, he's got the call of God and the touch of God on him. 
And so I knew, but, but I'm, I'm always jealous because I know what people get in this house. I know, I know the love and I know the pastoral care. I know that we don't just care about what people do. We care about who they are, how they are, how they're doing. And so, you know, and so when, when Sterling crossed that line and said, hey, I'm coming into the house. The next test for me was to, to see, w- w- will he buy into the DNA? Will he become congruent to the DNA? And I've got to tell you, whenever I hear him speak, it's faith of my faith, heart of my heart, values of my values, spirit of my spirit. And you guys are just exceptional people. Father, we thank you. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Lift your hands high to heaven. Father, let the anointing. And let me tell you, you don't have to. You don't have to buy into our spirit. I'm not, this is not, well, this is my way or the highway. But understand that, that if you want what, what we have, Leanne and, I, Leanne and I came over 16, almost 17 years ago with suitcases and little boys, three little boys, no guarantee, no promise, no venue, no buildings. In fact, the house that we rented, they returned the deposit in the three days. And so we had to stay at the residence in Marriott. Leanne went in and negotiated at 12.45 in the morning. She's like, the guy says to her, how how long would you like to stay? And she said, six weeks. He goes, I can do two nights. We're like, done, we'll take it. We didn't know where we were going to go. And I said, you know what, stick the devil. We're going to go to take the kids to Disneyland. So we took the kids to Disneyland. It was July 4th. We We had no guarantees. But what, what God has done, they told me you can't get buildings in San Diego. They said, listen, just, just right off getting buildings. San Diego is the fifth most expensive real estate in America, New York, San Francisco. It's the fifth. And there's no CUPs. You can't get, there's no zoning for ch- just right off. You'll never have, right now we have 11 properties. We have 11 properties. They told me we wouldn't get one. We have 11 properties. Because we don't have to bow our knee to the spirit of this age. We don't have to bow our knee to the people who, that, that prophesy out of a complaint or prophesy out of the spirit of this age. We, we've got a territory taking. It's territory taking. God has blessed us, multiplied us, increased us, favored us. What's on the head flows down. The key is just staying in that body. The Bible says how God anoints the head of Aaron and the oil runs down the beard onto the garments. Dr. Matt, you're, you're right up there. I mean, you're probably right up here somewhere. You're like a little cooter, right? Little cootie running right now. I'm anointed, I'm anointed. Uh, Father, I just feel the anointing. I'm so sorry, Mike. I know I meant to close. Just, just let the anointing, just let the Spirit of God, let the power of God. You know what happened at Emerge? Listen, what happened at Emerge, and Pastor Jeff will be the first to tell you, it was out of our pay grade. It was beyond. All we did was we create an environment where God's power could flow. And Pastor Mike was 100% right. I was on the front row. I was absolutely cheering and mind blown by what Pastor Tracy and Pastor Rex and Bishop Brunner were bringing. But if I was honest with you, I was, my chest was bursting when I saw Michael Hundley get up and say, hey, they, get, they sent out a memo, pray because of the rain. It's meant to snow on Saturday and, you know, mud and cold and wet and everything. And he says, I've got a confession. This is the first session. Got to, I ignored it. 
And I said, no, I'm not praying that prayer because men don't get to choose the climate they go to war in. He goes, I'm glad it's raining. I'm glad it's pouring down. I'm glad it's freezing cold. I'm glad the snow's coming. Then Dr. Matt gets up and just opens up a can. Like, I'm telling you, it was, it was as good as any preach I'd heard from any man of God in any move of God. It, it just lit the place up. Men ran, men flocked. And then it was Mike Yeager. And it was like one leader after another, one pastor after another. It was, and what they said was on par with the preachers that preached. It was just incredible. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.